you're sick of all the abundance gurus who preach the power of mindset or financial experts who scold you for enjoying the occasional latte, then you are in the right place. The Mind Money Balance Show explores the intersection of mental health and money. We explore broader factors that impact your financial life as a whole. I'm your host, Lindsay Bryan Podvin. I'm a financial therapist, woman of color, author, and founder of the company Mind Money Balance. When I'm not nerding out on the emotional and psychological side of money, you can usually find me walking my pup and listening to an astrology podcast or curled up with a giant bowl of popcorn watching Bravo TV. This show originally airs as a video on my YouTube channel. So if you hear me say things like, as you can see here, or click this, you'll have to head over to the YouTube link that's linked in the show notes to see exactly what I'm referencing. And if you want to jump into the community, you can join in on the conversation in the comments section over on YouTube. With that, let's go. Tis the season. Tis the time of year where we all collectively lose our minds trying to make the holidays hallmark, picture perfect, and forget about the meaning behind these holidays. I'm going to talk to you about how to financially and emotionally prepare for the holidays so that you can feel as calm and grounded as possible when it comes to having the holidays that you want and making sure that you don't harm your bank account in the process. And today, I'm talking about how emotions and money show up when it comes to spending money on the holidays. I'm going to break this down into four parts. First is making sure that we do a quick values check, then moving into boundaries, Then I'll move into practical tips that can help you save and what to do if you can't afford to spend money on gifts. So let's start at the top. What the heck is a values check? Before we even get into who you're buying presents for, where you're traveling, which holiday parties you're attending, I want you to pause and really get curious about what the specific holiday is and what it means to you. I'm recording this before the December holidays, but you can use this check-in regardless of the time of year. You can check in about what your values are around celebrating things like weddings, graduations, birthdays, or any other holiday. When we do a values check, I want you to really think about the things that are important to you when it comes to celebrating that holiday. For many people, it's about spending quality time with family and with loved ones. For other people, it's all about having fun. For even more people, it's about what are we going to eat and how is that going to look? Once you kind of think about the things that bring you joy around the holidays, I then want you to think about what values are associated with those specific things. So for example, if you love sitting around a giant table with your family and friends, what are the values that are coming to mind as being really important to you when you are sitting down at that table? Are you thinking about things like connectedness, honesty, openness? What are the things that matter? Maybe you're thinking more about fun and excitement and newness. Those are the values that I want you to use as you move into what you will spend money on or not spend money on this holiday season. And the way that we can do this is think, if my values are excitement and fun and newness, when I buy gifts or when I decide I'm going to travel somewhere, is spending that money going to help me feel aligned with those values of excitement, newness, and fun? The answer is no. You don't have to spend that money. Okay, so now we've figured out what the values check is. Let's move into boundaries. Boundaries are emotional limits or emotional guardrails that you put in place to protect your energy, your emotions, and your values in any sort of relationship. 
The key thing about boundaries is that you are allowed to change them. These are not fixed in stone where you can never change them. There may be certain areas of your life where you need firmer boundaries, and there may be certain times in your life where you need less intense boundaries or less rigid boundaries, and that is perfectly fine. So let's first think about the emotional boundaries and the financial boundaries when it comes to gifts and holidays. Going back to those boundaries, if gift giving is a big part of the holidays in the way that your family or chosen family celebrates the holidays, I want you to check in and see if it's in alignment with your values to participate in it. Maybe you are a person who's like, I could care less about receiving gifts and therefore I also don't want to give gifts. Maybe for you that is a hard and firm boundary and you can make that known by sharing with your family and friends. I love you. I can't wait to come to dinner or I can't wait to help you out at your cookie exchange. I just want to let you know that this year I'm not participating in gift receiving or gift giving. And I also think that's a key point if you say no gifts is that you're not just saying, oh, I'm not giving gifts, but people are just like doting on you and giving you gifts all the time. Of course, we want to accept gifts with an open heart. But, you know, be, be mindful if you're like, I don't want to give any gifts, but you're like, what'd you get me? That feels a little uncomfortable. That is something you can say if you're like, I am not doing gifts. And notice how in that example, I said this year or this time or this holiday season, right? So you can change it in the future. Other options, if you feel like you do want to participate in gifts, but you want to limit the number of gifts that you give and receive, is to say, hey, I am participating in three gift exchanges this year, one at work, one with my book club, and one with my family. That's my limit this year. Then you can verbalize to other people that that is where you're giving and receiving gifts, and that also cuts down on the emotional labor of trying to think of all these gifts for all of these different people and for you to feel really comfortable saying, hey, I'm already participating in a gift exchange. I'm kind of maxed out in the event that, you know, your neighborhood wants you to join in on one or something like that. Another way to limit the amounts of gifts that you give or receive can be with a dollar amount. This could look like saying, I will spend up to $300 this year on gifts. Once I hit that limit, I'm done giving. You could also look at this as a gift dollar limit per person. Maybe you say you'll spend $15 to $30 on gifts per person, but you don't go over that. That's another way for you to cap the amount of money that is flowing out. And when it comes to travel for the holidays, in particular, if you are the person within your friend group or within your family group who doesn't live nearby the home hub, it can be really hard to lovingly tell people, I'm always the person who has to travel. I'm skipping it this year. But that is also really important. The way that you can set limits on your travel is first think about whether it's a financial or an energetic drain on you to be traveling back for the holidays. For example, if you don't mind traveling and you actually like going home for the holidays or like going to where your family is for the holidays, that's more of like the financial reason. Then you might be able to say, I would love to come home for the holidays, but my gift this year is the purchase of my plane ticket so I won't be participating in other gift exchanges. If that feels like, lens, I can't do that, I can't say that, you could also say, you know what would be great as a gift for me this year is maybe y'all could throw in money on a plane ticket for me or a train ticket for me. Now, if it's energetically hard for you to get back and the money isn't as big of a deal, then energetically you can say, look, I would love to come home, but it takes a lot out of me. These are the two holidays I'll be coming home for this year. And if you want to see me in between, I would love for you to come visit. I love having visitors. I would love to host. 
or maybe it's very far away and y'all can find a place that's in the middle. So each of you is doing a little bit of travel to make ends meet. But if it's an energetic thing, that's a way that you can go about setting a boundary around travel. Other types of limits or boundaries around gift giving can be more who is receiving the gift. You might say, I am happy to buy gifts for my nieces and nephews, but I don't want to participate in any sort of adult gift exchange. That could be a way for you to draw a line in the sand and say, you know what, let's keep it about the kids. I'm good. The other way that you can kind of draw a line around who is receiving the gifts and how you will or won't participate in gift giving is you can say, look, this year I'm not doing tangible gifts. Instead, I'm doing charitable gifts. If you have a charity in mind or organization in mind that you really love, text it to me and I'll consider adding that to my list of places that I'm going to be donating funds to this year. So now we've gone over boundaries. Let's move into the literal ways that you can save money if you've decided that certain gifts are in alignment with both your values and your boundaries. Prepare. This is a little hard to hear if this advice is coming to you right before a holiday season. I personally put money aside every single month into a savings account that is called gifts. I know it's so original, but the purpose of this is that every single month I'm saving money up for gifts and I use it as a sinking fund. A sinking fund is a type of savings account where the money is kind of going up and you're dipping your hand in as needed when certain expenses arise that fit into that category. So for me, having a gift account is so helpful and I dip into it anytime that I need to purchase a gift for a person's birthday or a wedding or of course holidays. And the nice thing there is that I have a literal dollar amount that's in that savings account that creates this automatic financial limit of the amount that I'm going to spend. So every single month I put money in there knowing that especially toward the end of the year, I'm going to be spending a lot more of it, but I treat it like a bill throughout the course of the year. Even better if as you're saving, you're putting that money in a high yield savings account. Remember that a high yield savings account is a type of savings account that is insured. So it's not invested and it often has higher interest rates than things like a plain old vanilla savings account or a checking account. So your money earns a little bit of interest too as you're saving up throughout the year. Another thing that is good to know for the future, but might not necessarily help you out this time around is taking note of who you are buying for and the types of things that they like. For example, if you know that you are always going to buy a gift for a particular aunt in your family and you know what she likes and you know you feel comfortable spending around 40 or $50 on that gift, as the year goes on, you might find something pop up, you know, three months before the holiday that you're going to exchange gifts with her arrives. And what you can do is go, oh my gosh, that thing that I know my aunt's going to love is on sale now. I'm going to buy it now and then wrap it up and give it to her in a few months. So that takes a little bit of forethought, a little bit of planning. So don't fret if you are like, uh, Lindsay, I did not prepare at all. This is something you can work toward or move toward in the years and months to come. When it comes to big sales like Black Friday, Cyber Monday, I think it's totally fine to take advantage of those deals so long as they are within reason, which is again why I led with what are your values and what are your financial boundaries. I love taking advantage of sales of items I was already going to purchase, but I think where we can get into trouble with these super sales is as we buy as a way to justify. For example, we say like, oh, well, that TV that I wanted to buy was $300 off. So now I have $300 that I didn't spend that I'm going to spend on other gifts, right? We, we treat that money that we didn't spend as though somehow we saved it, which is not true. We can kind of do all these loop-de-loops and make it work for us to continue to spend more. So Black Friday, Cyber Monday, within reason, same thing goes with flash sales and clearance sales. 
If you were already going to buy it, it was already on your list, you already had planned to spend that money anyway, I love it. And if it's not one of those Black Friday, Cyber Monday things, I love sites like Honey that will pull different coupon codes to make sure you're getting the best deal if you're online shopping. When it comes to the card that you are using for all of these gifts, I'm a big fan of travel hacking, aka making sure that every time I swipe my card, I am getting points back so that I can offset the future cost of travel. If points are not your thing, totally fine, but please make sure you're at least getting cash back. So many credit cards, and now some debit cards too, offer cash back. What's great about getting points or cash is, again, if you are already going to spend your money, you get some sort of little reward on the back end in terms of a statement credit or points that you can use in your future. Another way to save money is to do a group gift. For example, maybe you and your siblings pool your financial resources to buy a bigger gift for a grandparent. Or maybe you and your polycule come together to pool your cash to buy your kid a gift, right? We can be thoughtful both from a gift-giving perspective and from a financial perspective by seeing if other people want to split the cost of a gift to a person that we adore and love. If you're hosting any holiday parties and you're getting in the weeds or rather down the Pinterest rabbit hole of making sure the house looks a certain way, I'm sending you all of my loving permission to like zoom way out and really focus on what matters. Go back to those values and ask yourself, does buying another giant centerpiece in alignment with my values, will this one centerpiece make it so we're more communicative and connected at the dinner table? If the answer is no, you probably don't need it. So first, filter it through that lens. Secondly, if you want things that look really beautiful, I'm a big fan of turning to nature. Of course, when we are talking about turning to nature, we are doing things sustainably and ethically. We are not going into the desert and taking plants that are endangered and putting them on our table as our centerpiece. Absolutely not. I'm thinking more about where I live in the Midwest region of the United States, where there are things like sticks and evergreens and berries that are readily available that are not invasive and are also not endangered that you can use to create cute little tablescapes to hang around your door frames or to you know gather together and put in a vase to decorate your home that's more of what i'm talking about also if you're hosting Food is expensive, and whether you are thinking about catering, very expensive, or cooking on your own, still expensive, but who the time labor there is really expensive, try something else. I know potlucks get a bad rap, but hear me out. The more that you can tell your guests what the theme is of your dinner, the better your potluck will go. If you are hosting a holiday dinner and you are providing the main protein, both a vegan version and a meat version, you can say the theme of this holiday dinner is Midwest harvest. So things that would fit food-wise into that category. So foods that might not fit into a Midwest harvest theme are going to be things like some mayonnaise-based tropical fruit salad. I don't think that's a thing, but you know what I mean, right? So if we can give our guests guidelines, it helps them figure out what to bring. I know it feels so weird to be like, I need three sides, two dessert, and one salad. But the reality is, if you don't tell people what to bring, you're going to end up with a bunch of one thing, a very random assortment, and people are going to feel like they didn't get a full, well-rounded meal. So instead, the more ownership that you can take over it, the better. And I credit 
that wisdom to Priya Parker of the book, The Art of Gathering. I have referred to her book before and I will refer to it again here, but she talks about this idea of trying to not be a chill host because the reality is most of us need some guidelines when we are coming into a host space. And on the other hand, if you are hosting, if you give your guests some guidelines, they will feel far better about what they are bringing and how they can show up in your household. Four different financial archetypes shape our relationship with money and give us insights into our unique financial strengths and challenges. Do you know which of the four archetypes you are? To find out, take my quick and free quiz at mindmoneybalance.com quiz. Again, that's mindmoneybalance.com quiz. Here's the rest of the episode. If you cannot afford to give a gift, please, 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 full permission to opt out of gift giving. If you still want to give a gift, but you can't financially afford it, here are some ideas for you. I love a good homemade gift, such as flower arrangements, baked goods, artwork, anything like that is such a treat to receive instead of something mass manufactured. The asterisk here is if doing things like this, creating flower arrangements, baking, or creating art is your job or your paid side hustle, Please do not feel obligated to give away your products and services that you charge good money for for free over the holidays. Like truly, that is a totally different conversation for a different day. Or if you have a business like that or a side hustle like that, don't feel like you have to go all out and giving your product or services away, but do maybe a smaller version of it. For example, if you do a lot of floral arrangements, maybe you give folks a small bud vase instead of a giant flower arrangement. Or if you are a painter, instead of gifting somebody an original piece of art, maybe you give them a print of it, okay? Other ideas include the made me think of you gifts. These are things like, oh, I saw this thing the other day that reminded me of you or reminded me of our time together. These types of made me think of you gifts work really well in a handwritten note, or maybe you're not traveling and seeing anybody. I truly love getting a picture when I know a friend is traveling and they send me a picture of something cute in a gift shop or on the street. And they're like, Lindsay, this made me think of you. I don't need them to purchase it and bring it back to me. I just love knowing that they were thinking of me. It's really a thoughtful moment. So you can take that if that resonates with you. If you are going to be in a more financially stable position in the future, you can do future-oriented gifts. If you just got a new job, but you haven't gotten in the groove of getting a paycheck yet, or maybe you're still digging out of some necessary credit card debt to keep yourself afloat, then you can do something like coffee date in the new year or coffee date on your birthday on me. So giving them this idea that we're going to have time together, the treats are on me, but in this moment in time, it's not safe for me to financially give you something, but I want to make sure to treat you in that way in the future. Other types of free ideas are going to be some sort of labor exchange, which I want to be clear, I know there isn't a monetary amount tied to it, but it can cost you in labor. So take it or leave it like, everything else really on this list. You could do something like invite friends over and you could cook them a meal. If you were already doing something like a giant lentil soup that's a low-cost meal, you could maybe double it and say, hey, come over. We're going to do a big soup cooking thing in my house and everybody will go home with a pint of lentil soup. You could also do things like offer your services, like offer to watch a friend's kiddos for a date night or offer to take somebody's dog for the weekend, or offer to house hit. Those can also be lovely gifts that don't cost a lot financially, but can be really meaningful nevertheless. I hope these tips helped you to 
for the holidays emotionally and financially. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor and rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast player. This quick but meaningful action helps to support the show and helps others discover it too. I love connecting with my listeners. So if something resonated, take a screenshot of the episode and tag me over on Instagram at mindmoneybalance. This podcast simply wouldn't be possible without the help of others. I want to thank RJ Basio, who edits this podcast, and Liberty Sales, who helps market the show to help people who need it find it. The cover art and episode art design is by Jenny H. Design. Disclaimer, everything on this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Neither the host or guests are rendering legal, financial, accounting, mental health, investing, medical, or other professional advice. If you want professional help, please seek it out.